You know, the theme for this year for New Covenant is uh, loving well. That's what uh, God has spoken to our pastor's heart, and uh, that's what we're endeavoring to do. Learn what it means to love well. Uh, practice <laughs> loving well uh, to not only our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord, but the community at large. Um, loving sinners well, loving strangers uh, well, loving leaders we didn't vote for well. You know, I feel like uh, <laughs> uh, that, 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 that wasn't an you know, necessarily intended to be a funny line, but, but yeah, um, just loving well, being the representatives of the Lord that we are called to be, you know, we're not just, we're not just called to speak the truth, but we're called to speak the truth in love. Jesus didn't just come to set us straight. He came and loved us. Amen? So I was challenged about the, I was challenged about the gospel because it is good news. And I felt the Lord challenged me this morning that the good news, that the gospel is good news and that we are to project, be projectors of good news. What does it say in Luke verses, chapter 2, verses 10 through 11? I'll read that. When the heavenly choir of angels announced good news at the birth of Christ. And it says, and the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And I'm here to tell you what you, I'm sure, already know, that we are living in a time that needs good news. We are living in a country that needs to hear the good news. We are aware of all the problems. We are aware of all the reasons to be fearful. We have all the doubt and fear and unbelief. We have all these giant tasks, all these giant things that seem insurmountable. But people need to know there is good news in the face of all that. Why was that good news? Why did the angel say it's good news? Well, the gospel is the good news that God loves us. The gospel is the good news that God is for us, not against us. The gospel is the good news that God chose relationship with us through Christ instead of starting over with a new pile of dirt. What would have been the easier course for God to do when sin entered in? He could have wiped everyone out and formed a new man from the dirt. If he didn't hold us in such high esteem, if he didn't love us and have so much regard for us, he would have just started over. But what did he do? He gave his only begotten son. 
Not when we were clean, not when we were seeking him, but while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So if you're sitting here today and, and you're beating yourself up and, and, and you're feeling uh, unlovable, you, you're, you're looking back and playing the video recorder of all the, all the sins and mistakes and things that you've done in your life and all the people that you've hurt and you told yourself all the reasons why God couldn't love you, I'm here to tell you that that is a lie. I'm here to tell you that despite it all, Jesus died for you. And he did it because he loves you. He's not waiting for you to be cleaned up. He's not waiting for you to prove worthy of his love. We've never had to prove worthy of his love because we've never had to earn it. And it is my prayer that you are surrounded by brothers and sisters here that get that and will love you just because Jesus loves you. For no other reason. The gospel is the good news that God is restoring our broken lives through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if you came here with a broken life today, there's good news for you. God is a restorer of broken lives. You're listening to a man today with this mic in my hand who God restored and is continually restoring from a broken life. I don't stand up here before you perfect. My wife will tell you that. My girls are old enough now. That daddy hero stuff is gone. They will tell you that. But my lab still has my back. I'm still Shaq's hero. <laughs> but I'm not here because I figured it all out and I got myself together and I proved myself to God and all that other stuff. I'm here by the grace of God. I'm here by the mercy of God. I'm here because of his unfailing love that wouldn't let me stay on the path that I was determined to be on. But he loved me and brought me to repentance. And uh, my goodness, um, I love him so much. I wouldn't be here today if it's not for him. So the love of God never ceases to amaze me. And I know I'm looked at by a lot of people as uh, uh, having a mercy gift. You know, I'm a mercy-minded individual, but uh, that's really only part of me that's not I wouldn't necessarily characterize myself that way, but I am, it's hard for me not to be that way because I remember where I was and, and I remember what I was doing. And, and, and I can't help but be, remind myself 
of God's grace and God's love for me and where I wouldn't be right now if it wasn't for his tremendous love. And so because of that, I'm able to see Boy, I hope I don't get in trouble. I'm able to see uh, an actual belligerent jerk and so forth. It's not just an evil, evil SOB. I'm able to see a person that's broken. A person that's hurting. A person that needs what I've been the beneficiary of in my life. I'm able to see a person that Jesus died for. A person that he loves. And it's my prayer to the Lord that I can look past people's faults. Look past their masks. See past their failings, and see them as he sees them. So that, I buy, so, that I, so that I can have a chance of making a difference in their lives. I want to be open enough to God, be able to see people the way Jesus sees them, so that he can use me to reach the heart of people that others don't even want to be bothered with. And it's not some, I'm not tooting my own horn. I, I just was that guy. So I know what it feels like. And I know the people that God sent my way to make a difference in my life. Uh, I'd be dead or in prison by now if it wasn't for that. That's just the bottom line. So I want to encourage you. Why am I sharing that? I'm sharing that to, to, as a reminder to you. Or if you didn't know before, to inform you that there is hope. No matter where you're at right now in life, there is hope. Uh, I am symbolic of that. It's not too late for you. Uh, If you've got a loved one, a dear friend who is out there wilding out right now, it may look like it's hopeless. But take it from me. There's hope. God loves that loved one. He loves that friend. He's not finished with them. Keep praying. Be faithful. Faithfully praying for that person, lifting him up, and just be open for God to use you in in whatever way God needs to in that process of him drawing that person unto himself. We may not see the whole picture, but just trust in the faithfulness of our God. He's got that person. Are you hearing that?
Turn with me to Colossians 3, verse 12. Colossians 3, verse 12. I'm reading in the ESV, and it reads, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, so I'm going to, you are God's chosen ones. You're holy and beloved. You may came here tonight, this morning, not feeling very holy, not feeling very beloved, but uh, I'm going to go with God's word on this. All right. So he's talking to us. He's talking to, uh, he's talking to us, the children of God. Put on then compassionate hearts. Say compassionate hearts. I know everybody said this time, compassionate hearts. Put on then compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You know, th this is God really telling us how we are to conduct ourselves with, uh, with one another. Not just the act of behaving, but the heart from which it must come forth. Not just treating people nice for the sake of treating people nice, but... Treating people nice out of love. The church is like one big family. I know in my not-so-small family, there are six of us. And that's not even counting the bearded dragon and the dog. So there's lots of potential for... People rubbing one another the wrong way. There's lots of potential for people to promise one thing and do another. There's lots of potential for offenses to take place. Lots of potential for squabbles and fights and, and all the things that happen. Uh, that happens in family. Does that happen in anybody else's family? There was no hands raised, but... I heard enough. <laughs> I see agreement on each face. I see agreement. But what do we do in those situations? I know a lot of times, I'd like to say, you know, we, before I react, I always get in God's word and, and, <laughs> And reflect and let that guide what I say or do. I'd like to say that that's really how it's typically done in our home. But I don't want to be lying to you. So I won't say that. Now, I will say we are working on that. Because we're all on the individual journey. God is, he, he, he's dealing with our hearts and each of us have our own little faults and our own little 
quirks and our own pet peeves and all those things, and we can irritate the heck out of each other. But the one thing that we, I, I guess I'll say, is a, is a canon tenet, all right? We remind ourselves of the love of God. We remind ourselves of our love for one another. I may be struggling in love for you right now. But I, no, I'm, it may seem like I'm struggling in love with you right now, but I, I love you. I'm mad at you. But I love you. But I forget that. I, I forget myself sometimes, and I uh, go into. I don't even know what I want to call that mode. But I go into that angry mode. And where I decide I'm going to read someone the riot act. And then God deals with me over time. Convicts me. And I find myself going to my, who, whichever one, uh, probably not Christy very often. She can hold her, she can hold her own against me. But I'll find myself going to one of my children and because uh, I'll get on that authority kick real fast. You know, hey, don't don't give me any lip. No, it's not going down like that. And I could be wrong as sin sometimes. God deals with me. And you know what God has moved me to do? I will go to that daughter, confess my sin to her, and ask her forgiveness. And I could tell you the body language and the look on their faces when that happens, when their dad can admit his wrong to them. And not just say, I'm sorry, but say, I was wrong. My standard is, my standard, no matter what I thought, the standard is the word of God. I was wrong. Here's why. I'm sorry for how I mistreated you. Will you please forgive me? That puts me at the mercy of that child. See, I'm just saying this because that's part of loving well. Loving well does not mean that you don't go over the line sometimes. Okay? We're not talking about perfection here. So I'm not, I'm not putting something out there that's unattainable. Loving well does not mean that you will not mess up from time to time. But when you do, how will you conduct yourself? Will you go about the business of pursuing peace, pursuing reconciliation, humbling yourself, acknowledging your wrongdoing, and asking that person, will they please forgive you? See, apologizing keeps the control in your hand. I'm sorry. But will you forgive me humbles you and yields it to them. And loving well requires humility. Does that make sense? That's 
That wasn't even that wasn't even in the notes. That's 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 for free. But if you're looking at if you're following with me to e-Bibles, I would like for you to just bookmark Colossians 3 verses 12 through 14, uh, even go on through 15. Uh, Star it in your notes if you're writing down and everything. Because I believe these are important elements of, of loving well, the compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. If you have a complaint, forgive each other. Just as Christ forgave us, but above it all, overlaying it all, is love. That binds everything together. And verse 15 goes on to say, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I wanted to include that. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Oftentimes we know about the peace of God, but we're not allowing it to rule. We're unsettled. We're scared. We're angry. Jesus told us himself, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He told us that he did not come into the world to condemn the world. But that the world, but, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's good news. And I believe the Lord is challenging us with that good news. And, and please, uh, please hear me. What I mean that he is challenging us with that good news. You know, I believe as believers, we have to remind ourselves that in the middle of the fights that we have within the culture and everything, we know we're on the right side of issues. You know, we, we know we're on the right side, you know, of uh, 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 of the abortion issue. We know we're on the right side of marriage. We know we know what the Bible says to be true, you know, but you know what? We don't, we cannot allow those arguments to cause us to forget that the people on the other side of those arguments God does not want them to perish, but he wants them to be saved. If the people on the other side of those arguments, Jesus died for them. 
because he loves them. So it is not the people on the other side of those arguments who are our enemy. Right? They're, they're believing lies. They're, they're, they're walking in sin. They're walking in lies and so forth. But yet, Christ died on the cross for them. And so the question becomes, how do we, even in our disagreement, love them well? How do we, when a person who represents the other side, runs for president, gets elected? How do we love that person well by not comp- while not compromising the truth? Right? And I, I got to tell you, and I've been guilty as well, I haven't always loved well. Can I pray? I feel like if I'm praying for the person who represents the other side, I'm somehow betraying my faith. I'm somehow betraying. But you know what? God didn't say pray for the leaders that it may be peaceful in your life. Pray for the leaders that you voted for. Pray for the leaders you feel represent you. Pray for the leaders that you agree with. He said, pray for the leaders, whoever they are. Because he, the reality may be, man, the other side has the White House. The other side has Congress. Man, what are we going to do? That may be the reality You may be limited by that reality in your own strength, but our God is not limited by who is in power. His throne supersedes the White House. His his throne supersedes the Senate, supersedes the House, supersedes the mayoral office, gubernatorial office. It supersedes all of that. It supersedes your boss, who may be an absolute jerk, who may be underpaying you, who may be working you like a dog and has no sympathies for your home life or any of that, you know, it still says that you are to do as unto the Lord, unto that person. Right? So loving well requires a bit of personal sacrifice, doesn't it? Uh, putting our preferences, putting our, the things that we would like to happen to the, to the side and making them secondary to what will honor and glorify the Lord. Making them secondary to what will speak the love of Christ to that individual. Is, is this making sense at all? I, I, I hope so. Um, there's good news. The world needs to hear good news. I'm seeing uh, protests, riots. We're seeing fighting. There's all kinds of, of divisions and so forth going on. And there is an opportunity, I believe, for the church to be injected into in society, to be injected into these situations and bring life. So we're not there, we're not there, if we're not there representing a side, but we're there representing the kingdom.
if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. You know what I love about that? It, it, it doesn't even mention authority figures. Doesn't even mention that there has to be a certain level of leadership and so forth. He just said, if my people who are called, who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways, then he will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and he will heal their land. To me, that is good news. There is healing available for the land. There's healing available for our country. There is. And the church has the key to that healing. Uh, We're not hindered by Democrat or Republican. We're not hindered by party affiliation. We're not hindered by a person's lack of moral character. We're not hindered by those things. We have a key that God has given us to healing for our land. And the only issue is whether we're going to take that key and use it. I believe that would be loving our country well. Does that make sense? I'm almost done here, but I want to say this. How many of you know that leaders are broken people too? They just happen to be highly function, high functioning broken people. And whether they realize it or accept it, they need the faithful prayers of the people of God. I know they need it because God's word commands us to do it. He commands us to pray for them. Not against them, for them. That may be painful to hear right now. But I'm sure it would have been painful to hear that the previous eight years for others in here. And it is my hope that as the church, we get to a point to where it doesn't matter who's in the White House and what party they represent We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. We're going to pray for that person and for those leaders because we are, we play an important role for peace to be in our land. We cannot divorce ourselves from that truth. We cannot divorce ourselves from that fact, you know? So I can't let my personal feeling for an individual cause me not to stand up and do what God has called his people to do, that there may be healing in the land. Amen? 
So as Paul said in 1 Timothy, he said, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. It's 1 Timothy chapter 2, first four uh, verses. And he goes on to say in verse 3, this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So even if we believe we have an absolute devil incarnate in the White House, don't get me wrong, I, I, I do not believe that is the case right now, okay? So don't, there's no hidden meaning there. But even if you believe that, at least let's remember the desire of God here that God wants that person saved and coming to the knowledge of the truth. So if I can't pray for that person's agenda, forget that person's agenda, I'm going to pray for that individual. I'll pray for their salvation, pray for wisdom to lead and make decisions that are going to be in the best interest of our country. But I think it's time for us as a body of believers in the church throughout the country to do what is required of us to bring about peace, healing, prosperity in our land. Amen? Let's do what God has told us to do. Would you please stand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before I conclude in prayer, I just, I want to repeat that don't be ashamed of your brokenness and don't let your brokenness lie to you. Uh, We've learned not to allow circumstances or titles or what we do uh, as believers to become our identity, that our identity is rooted in Christ. So if you're here today and you don't know Christ and, 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 and you've brought broken, your broken life with you, you're here and, and you're broken and, and you've, you somehow believe that that brokenness is your identity, that that's who you are. I want to encourage you and impart some truth to you. That brokenness may be a reality in your life, but it is not who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by our Creator our Heavenly Father, 
Almighty God. He knew you when you were formed in your mother's womb. He created you with a purpose. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan to prosper you and for there to be good, not only in your life, but that good could be wrought through you in the lives of others. You may be in brokenness, you may have come out of brokenness, but you are loved. That brokenness does not define you. And so I want to encourage you uh, to just come have a talk with me and, and, and talk further with you about a loving Savior who gave his life for you. And who will take your brokenness and give you healing. Who will take your brokenness and make you whole. Who will take your flaws and mistakes and embrace you in his arms and love you unconditionally. He knows you. Everything about you. And he loves you with an unfailing love. And he's here for you. So just bring your brokenness and your need to him. And let him love on you. Heal you and breathe life. Father God, we thank you for Today, we thank you for all that you have done this in our lives. Everything you've done in our lives to this day, Father, the, the good, the bad, everything that happens, Father God, it all works together for our good. We thank you for how well you have loved us. Through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we thank you for how well you have loved us. You laid down your life for us. You became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in you. You made your sacrifice while we were still sinners. With no desire to live right. And I thank you for your challenge today, Lord. I pray that we reflect that love to one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we reflect that love in the community to those who don't know you. And Father, I just believe there are those standing with me right now who are ready to make that commitment in their hearts to say, Lord, you know what? Some of the things that were said today really hit home. Some of the things that were said today spoke to me. So, Lord, 
I commit this day right now to loving well, to loving the people that tick me off well, to loving a bad boss well, to loving whoever's, uh, uh, whatever elected official well. To loving society's outcasts well. So, Father, I just, I just agree with that, Lord, and I just ask you to, to, to convict us, Father God, in those areas where we need to love well. And I just pray your grace over all of us, Father God, that that divine enablement for us to walk in the love of God toward others in humility, in patience, bearing one another, forgiveness, kindness, compassion. Father God, I just declare that over us, Father, uh, in the name of Christ Jesus. And I just thank you for, I, I just thank you that that's going to take root. And I thank you for the fruit of it being born out in our lives, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. If there's anyone that uh, that uh, feels compelled to answer that call, to respond to the love of God, uh, I welcome you and encourage you to come up. Don't look, don't worry about eyes on you or anything. This is a right now appointment between you and the lover of your soul. And I would encourage you to come and accept his invitation. If there are any other prayer needs, I would welcome you to come up as well. Uh, this is uh, consider this altar time uh, for anyone who needs prayer or ministry of any kind. Otherwise, you are free to go. God bless you as you go. Uh, please take your fellowship out to the hall just in honor of what the Holy Spirit may be doing. Uh, out of respect for that, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Mm-hmm.